Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. What a glorious message the gospel is. Or should I say, what a glorious Savior Jesus is. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is at the center of the gospel message. This perfect, holy, loving Savior is what we present to you today on our broadcast. The one who was made perfect through his sufferings. Who by himself purged our sins on the cross of Calvary. And who passed into the heavens and abides there today, awaiting the day when we shall be with him. My friend, do you have a message any greater than this? Do you have a way to God more sure and glorious than this? In today's broadcast, Speaker Stephen Harper presents this glorious Savior to us, the wonderful mediator between God and mankind, the great high priest who pleads for us, the compassionate Savior who did all that was necessary to ensure our sins forgiven. Sit back and Drink in the glorious qualities of this wonderful person, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have three short readings this evening. All of them come from the letter that was written to the Hebrews, and the first of them you'll find in chapter 2 of that letter, Hebrews chapter 2. I want you to find three little expressions in the verses that we're going to read together. I believe that they will be very helpful to us in understanding a little more of the message of the gospel. So Hebrews chapter 2, and the first expression is found in verse number 10. For context, we will read from verse 9. It says, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, that's the Christmas story, for the suffering of death, that's the Easter story, crowned with glory and honor that by the grace of God he should taste death for every man. For it became him, or it was appropriate for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Just keep that in mind. Perfect through sufferings. Now come back please to chapter 1 of the Hebrews. And we're going to read at verse number 3. We're still reading about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's introduced to us in the opening verse of this letter. And then in verse number 3, it says, Concerning him who being the brightness of his glory, of God's glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, on the right hand of the majesty on high. In chapter 2, the Lord Jesus is made perfect through sufferings. In chapter 1, we're told that he purged our sins. Now turn over with me, please, to chapter 4. If we've already thought about the Christmas story and a little bit of the Easter story, when we come to chapter 4 and verse 14, we're thinking about the Lord Jesus ascending up into glory. It says in verse 14 of chapter 4, 
Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So the three little expressions that I want you to take home with you this evening, if you can remember them, is this, that the Lord Jesus, he was made perfect through sufferings. In chapter 1, we read of him that he purged our sins And in chapter 4 of the Hebrews, he has passed into the heavens. I think you can take that home with you. I think you can recall those three little expressions. I was thinking today that the world over, people seem to feel their inadequacy when it comes to the matter of dealing with their relationship with God. And so the world over, people look for a man that they sometimes will call a guru, sometimes they'll call him a priest, or some other thing, someone who will intervene on their behalf and deal with matters that are divine, according to their understanding of whatever divine means. And when we come to the book of the Hebrews, we're learning about one whom the Bible calls our great high priest. He's the one who is able to be the mediator between the one God and man. He's presented to us in this book as the one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for us all. And the burden of my message this evening is this, is to present to you the Lord Jesus Christ as the one person who is able to meet your need because he is the one person the only person who is able adequately to come between you and God. I want to think about the Lord Jesus in his work as a priest, as our high priest this evening. First of all, in terms of his sympathy, the sympathy that he shows. Because the Lord Jesus can feel your pain because he was made perfect through sufferings. That's what we read in chapter 2. He feels your pain because he was made perfect through sufferings. Then I want to think about the Lord Jesus as our high priest because of the sacrifice he made. You see, the book of Hebrews tells us that every priest has to have something to offer to God. And the Lord Jesus was no exception. But what did he offer to God? The Bible tells us he offered himself without spot unto God. So we're going to think about the sacrifice that he made, and the wonderful truth of the gospel is this, that he can clear your conscience because he purged our sins. He's able to feel your pain because he was made perfect through suffering. He's able to clear your conscience before God because he has purged our sins. And then we're going to think about the Lord Jesus in terms of the security he gives. Because the Bible tells us he can ensure your salvation because he has passed into the heavens. Will you remember those three things? One who was made perfect through sufferings. One who has purged our sins. One who has passed into the heavens. Now, you might have your own priest. You might have your own guru. You might have someone who you feel is able to help you with spiritual things. 
But you don't have one who, like the Lord Jesus, unless you have the Lord Jesus, you don't have one who was made perfect through sufferings as he was. And you don't have one who has purged our sins as he did. And you certainly, unless you have Christ, you don't have a priest who has passed into the heavens as he did. And you see, no other priest will do. (laughs) No other priest will do. Because every other priest or every other guru or every other imam or whatever name you might care to choose, they're just frail, sinful human beings like you and I. And so we need someone who's different. We need someone who's special. I want to think about these three important truths. And I want to present to you the Lord Jesus Christ, the person who's at the center of the gospel. I want to think about the sympathy that he shows and the fact that he feels your pain. You would hardly believe that the Bible says the Lord Jesus was made perfect. You'll say to me, Mr. Preacher, we have heard all along that the Lord Jesus is perfect. How can he possibly have been made perfect? Well, of course, we know that the Lord Jesus was perfect in the sense that he never, ever sinned and couldn't sin. That's very important. That is critical to the gospel message. But there's another sense in which he was made perfect. It means that he actually, through experience, was made the perfect sympathizer because he has experienced everything that you and I could possibly experience. I was just thinking today that the Lord Jesus... He was made perfect through the trials of this life. The Lord Jesus, he knew the weariness of the way. He knew what it was to be hungry, to be tired, to be thirsty. I think as he journeyed through this weary scene, he got sore feet at times. And I think just like the rest of us, his knees and his ankles and his hips and all the rest of it, he he knew what it was. He felt the burden of the way. He knew what it was to be tired and weary and hungry and thirsty. The Lord Jesus, he knew the misery of mockery. He knew what it was to become the song of the drunkard. The Lord Jesus, he knew the awful sting of slander. When he did miracles, they said concerning him, ah, that's the power of Satan at work. Can you imagine? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of life and glory, they slandered him, they blasphemed him. They said, it's Satan working through him. He knew the sting of slander. He knew the bitterness of betrayal. There came a moment when even his very closest, they all forsake him and fled. Peter, yes, the apostle Peter denied him. And you know how the Judas, he betrayed him for the price of a slave. He knew the bitterness of betrayal. And the Lord Jesus, he knew the pain of parting. He knew what it was to stand at an open grave. Can you imagine tears roll down that lovely cheek? The shortest, most poignant verse, perhaps in our Bible, is just this. Jesus wept. He was a man who feels our pain. He is a man who understands what it is to be human. He knows the trials of life. Would you be surprised if I told you that he knows about the temptation of sin? Not that the Lord Jesus could ever respond to sin, but I was just thinking today, there isn't a circumstance in life that you and I will encounter that could cause us to fall. And the Lord Jesus didn't experience that circumstance. The Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are, yet 
apart from sin, he never, ever sinned. And someone has coined the phrase, I like this, someone has coined the phrase, he is as much a man as me, but praise God, he's not such a man as me. As much a man as me, a real man, but not such a man as me. Or someone else has said, he is a real man, but he's not a mere man. You see, the birth of the Lord Jesus was completely natural. Completely natural. The conception of the Lord Jesus was entirely supernatural because the angel said to his mother Mary, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He feels our pain because he knew the trials of life. He knew the temptation of sin. Would you be surprised if I said that he knew what it was to trust in God? He knew what it was to trust in God. You say, but he was God. Yes, but he was a real man. And he knew what it was to trust in God. He said, I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. He said in the garden, trusting in God for all that was going to follow. He said, not my will, but thine be done. I was thinking about this. Prophetically, it was said concerning him. He spoke to the Father and he said, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, nor suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Can you imagine that? Upon the cross, as the Lord Jesus is contemplating the darkness of all that is about to befall him, as he's contemplating the very darkness of death and of the grave, he knew what it was in that moment to trust in God. To trust in God. And so he says, into thy hands I commit my spirit. So the Lord Jesus, he's able to sympathize. As someone has said poetically, there's not a pang that rends the heart, but the man of sorrows he bears apart. He feels your pain. Because he was made perfect through suffering. But that's not the whole gospel, is it? It just thrills my soul to be able to tell you this evening that he's able to clear your conscience because he's purged your sin. The sacrifice that he made. The passage that we read from says that he was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Why did he come? Did he just come to be our teacher? Or did he just come to be our example? Oh, I'm so glad that Christ didn't come to be my teacher because I'm such a poor student. I'm glad that he didn't just come to be my example because I'm such a bad disciple. I could never follow. I could never do what he showed me to do. But I'm so glad that he came to be my savior. He came to die for me. He came to deal with the question of my sin. And he's able to clear the conscience and make us right with God and give us peace with God because he has purged our sins. If I were to crystallize in just a few words the message of this book of the Hebrews, it would be this. The Lord Jesus Christ is able to be your great high priest because of his sympathy, but also because of his sacrifice. 
his sacrifice, which the writer tells us is for all people, because he tasted death for every man. He tasted death for every man. And the writer tells us that his sacrifice is not only for all people, but it's for all sin. He offered one sacrifice for sin forever. And his sacrifice is for all time. He was once offered to bear the sin of many. You don't know another priest like that. You don't know another priest like that. He's able to be our great high priest. He's able to be our mediator between God and men because of his great sympathy, because of his great sacrifice. But listen, he's able to be our great high priest. He's able to bring us to God because of the security he gives. He's able to ensure your salvation because he has passed into the heavens. You'll forgive me for not having mentioned the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there's no gospel and there's no salvation. He died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. I and more than that, he's entered into the very presence of God and sat down there because his work as a savior is completely finished. He's passed into the heavens. He finished the work. I praise God he finished the work. He defeated the foe. Praise God he defeated the foe. And when he rose from the dead, he broke the bars of sin and of death. And without the resurrection, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus is senseless. It's entirely meaningless. It's entirely, can I say this respectfully? It's entirely useless. But he didn't just die. And he wasn't just buried. He rose again. Praise God, he rose again. He defeated the foe. I more than that, he opened the way. He's passed into the heavens. He opened the way for the likes of you and me. Without the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus, there is no way to glory. But the one who finished the work upon the cross, the one who defeated the foe in his resurrection, has opened the way in his ascension into glory. Aye, and there's more than that. As our great high priest, he sees us safe home. He sees us safe home. As many as a person doesn't trust the Lord Jesus because they say, I don't think I could ever live like a Christian. Oh yes, I know those Christians and I admire them. I would love to be like that, but I could never be like that. You're absolutely right. None of us could ever be like that. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. God sends the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within the other comforter that the Lord Jesus promised that he would send. But you see, we have a comforter, we have an advocate, we have a great high priest in heaven, and he sees us safely home. Could you trust him? Could you trust him? That's the wonderful story of the book of Hebrews. He will see us safely home. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love.
whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace, one with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ, my Savior, and my God, with Christ, my Savior, and my God. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for us all. You can trust him. You can trust him. You must trust him. You must trust him. Trust him now. Trust him now. To look at him and pardon me. What wonderful words. God is willing to look on Christ, his person, and his work, and pardon us. Salvation is through Christ alone. What wonderful assurance this can give us. To know for sure that our sins are forgiven, and heaven is our home, all through the love and work of another. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, then, my friend, you are missing out on all that God wants for you. You are standing on sinking sand, and your soul is in danger of perishing. Christ stands alone as the Savior of the world. Is he your Savior? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you would like some literature that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <music>